I was coming down here and I needed to get fuel and I knew you were running late, mm-hmm. Ross. And do you know what? I thought I was on the bulb in the Merc coming down. Not good for a V8 with two snails attached, <laughs> slipping along at 800 RPM. Actually, we seal comes up in the dash when you're when you're coasting. Literally. Really? Coast, oh, so I was no coasting way. the whole wind way power, down the, the hill. Way. So it was wind power down uh, over into West Belfast and down, uh, down is it Kennedy Way, under Stockman's yep. Lane there, mm-hmm. and um, there's a wee emo petrol station. Uh, no need. <laughs> now, so not here, come on now. Now, now, now. We emo bastards down the side of the road. <laughs> and uh, I went in and it, well, this will be no surprise, even though it was a surprise. It was prepay. Now, oh, yeah. prepay in Northern Ireland, or in where we generally live, is not a thing. Mm-mm. We fuel up, or you pay at the pump, or whatever. It's not like the US. But so, so then I was like, I wonder what to do it here. And so I went in, I was like, oh, how much do you want? I was like, oh, full tank. I was like, oh, no, you need to give us a number. I'm like, 70 quid. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and, I, and I was one segment off a full tank, so I was quite pleased with myself. Mm-hmm. But I was also like, was he expecting me to come in and say... Like a fiver to mm-hmm. get me from Stockman's Lane to I don't know Donegal Pass or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know, mad but weird. Anyways, it's, yeah, hateful. on with the show. Hateful. I'm Andy Cooper from RMS Motoring, and today I'm with Gary Riley. Hello, and Ross Annett. What's happening? Welcome to. Episode 33 of the Soul to Scene podcast. And it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe, I know, yeah. that we could actually bother to do 33 of these. And let's face it, Ross, you didn't even bother to do 33, <laughs> you only a blow-in. I'm, I'm a blow-in, but a, a vast improvement from what all listeners seem to say. <laughs> Shots fired. Anyway, <laughs> if you're expecting some truth and fact in this show, uh, you're uh, in the wrong place. But yeah, so I had to prepay for some fuel in the C63 but, uh, well, it happens to the best of us, you know. I'm actually very impressed that you coasted into the. <laughs> I'm impressed that station. he paid. <laughs> and got out there nice and slowly. <laughs> do you know what? It was premium too. There wasn't even ni- uh, 97. Mm-hmm. Do you know the other thing that they do at that petrol station? Have you ever heard of, heard of Dipitane? The diesel additive. Mm-hmm. So they do. Uh, they have a Dipitane pump. And it has a wee sign above it. And it says, it says Dipitane diesel is 5p more than regular diesel. Now, but I don't know, is that like, right, whatever you see in the pump, it was like 145.9 for Derv, mm-hmm. saying you pay 150. And it was a real, you know, do you know what? It was like, you didn't know what you were getting, I, you didn't know I've what you were it. paying. No idea what it is. It, it sounds like an illegal Class A drug I, of some kind, but I, it's well, odd. I would say it's, it's like a diesel cleaning additive. I think you used it like yeah. a million years ago when you it see. had like a, a IDA6 with 200,000 miles on it. But... Um, it's the, same, setup. the 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 Maxwell garages now offer diesel and premium diesel, mm-hmm. and it's the same as they offer the E5 and whatever it is. But I, there's there's a wee yeah the the Maxwell station beside me at, at home is where I normally fill up you know the car the van whatever else. But they used to do super unleaded, mm-hmm. and now they don't do super unleaded. They basically it's it's all the same. It's E5 all ninety five, uh, all ninety five, yeah. and probably all E10 <clears> as well. Yeah, and and I did ask them about that there because. They have got, you know, it's very. There's a very distinct price between the E5 normal and E5 uh, with. It's not even octane boosters, whatever bullshit they say. It's mm-hmm. probably E10, but anyway, yeah. keep going. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they, they keep saying so. I they say there's no difference in it, 
it's not the, it's not a different it's octane level, expensive. but it's just more expensive. <laughs> and I asked them the exact same question about the diesel. So there's diesel or premium diesel. Mm-hmm. And I goes, okay, is it a higher CTN rate or something? No. And I go, so, so why why is it more expensive? Nobody has any idea. Well, is this the equivalent of buying your you know your, your uh, Gucci bag and then buying a ripoff which is made in the same place? That's just the name. The, the Chrome Mac you know, calls. Is it the same thing out? being sold? You know, Cormac, just the same know. more expensive. Well, I, I even I don't even think it's as good because it's not you're not even getting something as good as yeah. Super. No, it's weird. It's harder to get. I don't know. And it's harder to get. Super why, why do you get it? It used to be it. You know, if you had a June car, or Japanese car, or whatever, you had to put Super in it to get it to run properly, essentially, or if it was remapped for Super. But why would anybody be buying premium diesel? There's no performance increases. And if it's to help your engine, are there so many engines failing that you would have to do that? Well, I know that, and you see, this is the the thing about buying premium versus super fuels. Sometimes I felt that, I remember sometimes I would have got the occasional tank of BP Ultimate Diesel back mm-hmm. when I had my Accord or something. Yeah. And it's hard to know, oh, it runs really well on it, it's and it's less smoky and stuff effect, like that. Maybe. Is I, it placebo? Yeah. Is it cetane? I, I honestly believe it's placebo because, uh, again, the X5 would be, I think, for a diesel, quite a, you know, a, a mildly tuned engine compared to the standard ones. So I ran, I think, I don't experiment where I ran maybe five or six full tanks through it to mm-hmm. see was there a difference in, in the MPG versus... And I genuinely have, have not, I noticed a frig all difference. I was like, I just buck ordinary diesel yeah. into it. Because it was the same people, people used to talk about supermarket fuels. Oh, you buy mm. from Tesco's and you're never getting the same as the gallon. And I think I do believe that the placebo effect that, that if you think you're paying a bit more for something, then in your own head at least. Well, I am utterly convinced it's real because even if I wash my car, it's faster and rattles less. You know, so. <laughs> oh, uh, vacuum, giving the car a good vac. Yep. You know, getting rid of all those crumbs and all. Much nicer to drive. <laughs> you know, and maybe wiping it down and spraying some of that fancy old spray stuff. Yeah. That some, you, some good A-chem yeah, on ex- exactly. It probably I, has dipotene on it and it's E10. That's because it starts to paint off in the car later. <laughs> but but I, I, I swear, you know, uh, spraying that berry stuff or whatever it is and a good vac and you get into the car the next day and you're like, oh, why I did that. Mm-hmm. It's feel, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. You'll, you'll be on like Diary of a CEO next. <laughs> like the feel good. You'll be on the TED talk. Well, I thought, what, what I did do, and it was funny. I, um, I put a wee video out there. Um, and we are talking about, you know, the, the money saving things over this versus that. And I, do you ever see that big guy Starnagloss do you on, on the thing? So he's this really cool brand um, and, and he does the stuff. But I literally, he, he, he showed I this video. I have what you're talking about. But anyway, <clears throat> so keep her lit. On the whole car cleaning side of things, so this guy, he's just, he's the big fat Essex happy chappy. Well, he's not fat so much anymore because he's lost a shitload of weight. But he he could sell snow to the Eskimos. That, that, he's definitely got the gift of the gab. Mm-hmm. But he, he keeps putting out these videos and he does a wee dance and he's brilliant. I, I actually think he's really funny. But I've made it my mission now this year that every time he drops a video... <laughs> I've started to drop a video coming back after him. <laughs> and in fairness to him, like he, he responded to it and, and had a bit of a laugh with me over, over Instagram that there. But, you know, it, it's the whole thing, whereas his cleaner was 11 quid and my cleaner's 30p. And it doesn't work any better because it's, you know, and, and, but people are convinced if you're spending more money on something, sometimes yeah. you believe that it's going to do a better job, whether it's yeah. diesel, whether it's petrol, whether it's cleaning it's, products. It's marketing and capitalism. Yeah. Your yeah. Cormac calls it. <laughs> and do you know what? I didn't even price a bag of Revels in the place or, or anything like that. Because, could, because I knew Gary was bringing the buns today. So Premium Revels, you would uh, have got. Gentlemen, it's a pleasure to be here. I know we're only saying we're 33 pod, podcasts in, but I do look forward to this. Yeah. It's good crack. It's great to be back at it for, I can't believe we're saying 2024. Even though you're 70 quid down. Even though I'm 70 quid down. <laughs> surprisingly good mood. I'm, I'm surprisingly, it's not like you. Surprisingly good mood. <laughs> 
but uh, when when you daily drive, what's your real daily drive? Something that has per MPG, but it's yes. But I was seventy quid down yesterday, so yeah, no we're, feeling. We're rounding in yeah. in, in the about twenty one MPG uh, on a good day in the in the market. But to be honest, most days are good days in the markets. The, the, we, we talked about this before. The noise of it. Smile, smiles of fun, per mile. Smiles per mile. Mm-hmm. Yep. A wee bit of a squirt coming out of uh, uh, sideways. It's hard would, to I don't know who who would be at that. <laughs> this is just a fam. This is a family long road. It touches on a good thing though in the miles per gallon discussion because it's I see it discussed to death in forums, even on RMS and many oh. others, and I've never really participated because I don't care that all that much. That's not to say I've got money to throw around. I certainly don't, but I treat it as if I had a golf club membership or some other expensive hobby. Mm-hmm. The money would go into that. But for me, love driving, love cars, goes into petrol, fuel, and parts, and so on. So yeah. I just see it as you know, no matter what I was driving, I'd be paying for fuel, so I pay a little bit over the top for something faster. I I'll actually take that a step further, although I should have done. It's what's it's quite actually quite a dry evening mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm. and I thought, you know what. I'll bring the Lotus. Now, I'm nearly glad I didn't because they might be gripping the roads tonight, depend, <laughs> uh, you know, depending on any strikes or anything like that. But I thought, you know, I haven't really driven. I drove it once over Christmas and that was it. I haven't really had it out. I mm-hmm. thought, you know what, I'll, I'll, treat, I'll treat myself. And, but it is, the, it, it is the factor of like we, we have the cars and we enjoy them. And yep. people don't understand, right? Okay, this, you're paying more in insurance and mm-hmm. tax and fuel and, and all that. But it's just not about that. It's just about about enjoy it. especially if you're not doing a lot of <sighs> modifying and stuff like that and you know because sometimes the modifying you can really squeeze your budget out and mm-hmm. then sometimes like oh can i afford to drive it yeah i will take it easy yeah you know but uh, i should have brought the lotus tonight and i didn't but first world problems bringing bring it means the when you when you jump into it the next time it's it, and i'm kind of the same way i know i i talk about it more than you used to talk about the ass but my M3 sitting tucked up in, in the garage and it's sitting there nice and clean and I'm the same as when we'll take it out. I'm actually looking forward to getting out for a blast and a good drive and mm-hmm. whatever. So I, I'm looking forward to it already and it's something that I'm, I'm not not building up to, but you know, it's just something that I'm looking forward to getting out and getting a good scalp on the dry roads. A car like that, it's like if you're if you just if you want like comfort not even like comfort food, but like comfort T V, you mm-hmm. go and watch I don't know, Friends or something like that, that it's really, if you compare it to something on Netflix, it's not yep. really going to stand up to t- t- today, but it gives you that warm and fuzzy feeling mm-hmm. of of being a, a bit uh, younger. And that's what I thought about when I drove your um, M3, yeah. E46 M3. I'm like, oh, that brings back the the memories of, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, Plus and it's a bit more analogue and you feel more connected than yeah, you do possibly in a modern car. Yeah, yeah. I, I also thought, I just thought about the hot out of the arse and drove it and I was like... <laughs> I'm going to give this a good dusting at the, at the drag strip. But anyway. Uh, anyway. <laughs> never to be forgotten. On on a similar note, and this podcast was born off of me talking about Yon G.R. Yaris, but there's a new one out, and it's, there's been much chat about mm-hmm. it on, on the forum. Toyota has seemed to... I don't know what Toyota are taking, but they should continue to take it because they released one of the greatest hatches in modern times, yeah, and certainly most talked about, and all the rest. And I love the two years I had with my GR Yaris to do it again and to refine the recipe, give it more power. Okay, there's a wee bit of uh, question over the eight-speed auto box that they're putting into it, but they're saying well, better for circuit work. There's definitely a lot of controversy or controversy, whether whatever you like to say the word, over the dash, which is sort of like a '90s super vibe, yeah, going yeah, on. Solid, but even still, in in 
a world of just EV noise. It's just lovely to ha- see something like that. It's just it. It's like the reminiscence and the sentimentality of the nineties rallying and stuff. I, I yeah. think that car really grabs lad and totally. squeezes the life out of it. And for people of a certain age like us who loved all that stuff, you know, that's kind of car really appeals. Um, would a seventeen-year-old driver, if he could get insurance, or if she could get insurance, I should say, if they could get insurance and could afford it, would it appeal in the same way? Maybe not. I don't know, but. It certainly has like a, a massive appeal to car enthusiasts. Yeah, to- totally. So, so that's really uh, um, interesting. At the other end of the scale is I was watching uh, Harry's Garage there, and he was reviewing the new i five M sixty, which is the basically the five series platform yep. share with the new five series, but the electric version, six hundred odd horsepower. Uh, he absolutely slated it. Mm-hmm. It was 115 grand with options mm-hmm. for like a 5 series size. Well, they're actually 7 series because it's it's over 5 metres now. They're 2.4 tonnes. But like, yeah, we have an EV in the household and uh, we all will have EVs in the household uh, very mm-hmm. shortly. But uh, that's, you know, people can't afford that. doesn't make sense. It, it, it's getting crazy. There's an i5 sitting in Bavarian at the minute, so there is. And. It's nice. It, it, it's different. You can see that it's very much um, being marketed towards the the upper executive levels, you know, mm-hmm. so, yeah. so it's more of a prestige. It's, it's not your Tesla. It's not your standard, you know, i5 or, or sorry. Um, well, but, I, he, but even an i4 <coughs> M50 is what? Sick, was about 60s. Yeah, but again, they've really dropped in price. Uh, the arse has fallen out. The arse has completely fallen out of the i4 M50s. Um, it's lovely. There's there's so many nice things about it, but the pricing has become not just on on it, but on new cars is, is it's frightening. So it is. Mm-hmm. But that and that's where I, that's well and away and above where I think it should be pitched. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll post. I'll post a link to Harry's garage video so you can see how disgusted Harry was with the <clears throat> the i five and the GR Yaris, uh, the new one. But uh, yeah, like one hundred and fifteen grand. You know, you can buy yourself a nice Carrera S, which are very expensive yeah. at the moment. You could buy yourself an M3 Touring and have 15 grand spare. You know, there's so much more. Mm-hmm. You could As a personal purchase, it's insane. Although I've no doubt that Fleet will absolutely pick up thousands of these cars at that price. Ugh. And they'll be sold to executives. But uh, we do have a question in tonight's Q&A about general prices of cars going up. So we'll probably touch on this later. But I was just doing a little bit of research before that. Uh, in 2019, the cheapest car you could buy in the UK was eight thousand pounds, and the next one after it was eight and a half thousand, and then nine thousand. That's your something. It was one of them kind of mm-hmm. I don't uh, know Asian brands or Korean or Japanese, whatever. But it was around that money, mm-hmm. and then they kind of went up, you know, in, in increments of five hundred quid or so. Mm-hmm. The cheapest you can buy now today is still eight grand, but that's a little city car, and then after that, it's fourteen grand. And I think that's for a Corsa or something. Uh-huh. So there's this massive. Jump up to thirteen grand in yeah. four year period, and it's it's just nuts, uh, you know. And that's at the lower level of the market. Obviously, the the five series and things like that there, mm-hmm. the jumps that they're making are even bigger. They're going up ten thousand, twenty thousand. Yeah. Um. And obviously, wages aren't going up the same way. Inflation has gone up. Cost of living's kicking in. You just you wonder how people are able to afford them at all. I know exactly how they're able to afford Garrett. Well, yeah. 
and plans. I, yeah, well, the, and here, here, here are the plans, and I'll put this in the show notes as well. People are going around stealing headlights, which are five grand a piece. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't, I don't know if you've seen the picture of this uh, doing the rounds. It was a no. Porsche Taycan, which has had oh, the eyes sh- cut out the front of it. We'll stick us in the chat, but I'll so, show you it now. So wow. someone, someone has hacked the eye. I think, it, now I don't know if it's five thousand, five grand for a pair of lights or uh, five grand a headlamp. I would well believe it because, do you remember, I think I told you one time before when I had a problem with my X5. Oh, God, there it is there. But it was £2,400 for one headlight warranty repair. Oh, my God, look at that. This is a, a Taycan Cross Turismo we're looking at, and it, it looks like someone has taken the tin snips. Yep, to tin the, opener. To the, to literally to the front end. To uh, and, if, and if the headlights in that car are anything like the headlight... I had to take a, why did I have to wow. take a headlight out of my... GT4 for some reason put a bolt or no one would be bolt I don't, I don't know what but I had to there's the headlight release mechanism mechanism is inside the front and uh, so that's probably why they had to they probably knew that they just had to cut right around it and yeah. they've literally taken out nearly the entire front wing and, and it, it honestly is a, it's a butcher job it's frightening um, but the, the cost of everything um, no wonder you can just put you can ship that off somewhere far side of the world and get yeah get that onto eBay or somewhere. So you have the cost of cars and then, as you mentioned, that a uh, that Fisher race is now, what, two point, what metres? Either. It is oh, sorry, over, not two metres, it's over, over, fi- over five, five metres. Yeah, and so it's a similar, like, it's in terms of weight and length, it's similar to, like, a Range Rover Sport. But this, this is what I don't get. I could understand from the E39, maybe up to the next one and the one after, they're going to get a little bit bigger because mm-hmm. all the safety regulations have come in the last 20 years. But surely at this point, we've all the airbags we're going to need. We've got all the legroom we're going to need. Why are they still getting so much bigger? Well, they're too big because yeah. they're, t- they're too big for parking spaces. Mm-hmm. They're too big for back roads. Yep. You know, you're you're sitting beside some behind something that um, has a long wheelbase and his white car and, and all, all the rest and they're nearly straddling the the white lines and I'll tell you the other laugh too the range was about just over 200 miles hmm. written real world these are things that <clears throat> I'm learning about now as well and I didn't realise but the size of the battery which is so obviously i5 then must be like 100 or about, even bigger yeah about 100 kilowatts something like that yeah. <clears throat> so you're not even going to be able to charge that properly overnight at home actually it was, uh, I think from memory, it was about 90 kilowatt or 95, but 88 kilowatt or 82 kilowatt usable. So this is another thing. So the manufacturer said, right, the, the battery is a certain size, but inside that is the usable capacity. It's like the tank has a lining. Yeah. yeah. But more than that, Harry was given off that he now measures the amount of electric that is going into the car. And at 1% battery... Even though the usable uh, battery was like 82 kilowatts, he put 88 kilowatts into the car and it actually had some range. Mm-hmm. So the car is, uh, there's losses. So you're losing like 10% of the electric you're putting into the car due to heat and inverter and all yeah. this sort of uh, stuff. So it's, um, which just is, adds to the sickener if you've spent that amount of money. Oh, anyway, so, yeah. like, like really, what green credentials could you have if you're going to buy something at 2.4 tonnes at that sort of money? You don't really need. You're certainly not doing it for cost reasons because yeah. you could afford to go and buy the Range Rover and like twenty, have maybe twenty grand a diesel, a diesel budget. Well, the, the the car contradicts itself in a number of ways. That's a problem. But yeah. the manufacturers have to get on this bandwagon, and that's what they're doing. And uh, you know, 
it should be small and it should be nimble and should be electric and that would make sense and be quicker to charge yep. and easier to charge but they're having to do it in the biggest models too and it just doesn't work as well so we're in this strange world i think i think we we we're going to pick up this expensive cars topic and run with it here uh we're, we're in a strange world where cars are now more expensive to finance so you're mm-hmm. seeing high finance rates now, mm-hmm. now maybe talk of that coming down because the interest rates are possibly going to come down you certainly see it in mortgages so maybe loans will follow but it's more expensive to finance the principal in the first place is more expensive so your monthly payments are more expensive so remember 2014 2015 golf hours were 250 300 pounds a month yeah and i'm sure the same golf hour today uh, so you're talking talking a 30 grand golf hour 10 years ago to 45, 50 grand? 48, I think, or something. So 50K, uh, um, not quite doubled in price, but certainly then the cost of servicing the loan for PCP on a Golf R is going to be £600 a month, Mm -hmm. something like that. So, uh, which is just, it's just a lot of money. And then people's mortgages are going through the roof. People have less disposable income. So we have these cars that are more expensive, but people's budgets being squeezed so we're now actually starting to see cars on the forecourt mm-hmm. you hear of Porsche having stock like I don't they're know. discounting them massively because isn't it something to do with the fine they get for not selling enough for of not the selling cars? cars yep. Yep. Yeah, so a car could, they could be fined 12 or 13,000 pounds, so they discounted by 10 just to get rid of it. So so you're now not seeing cars, which for the last three years been used to seeing cars just being sold at retail that, yep. at, for a new, a new price. That's now stopping. Mm-hmm. And we're starting to see discounts, 10, 10% discount. And your discount dealer contributions and things like that again, which we, da- we haven't seen for the last few years. Yeah, but... Uh, but I don't know. So the whole situation is a, a bit of a mess. I'm sure there's some bargains to be had in in between it all somewhere. But um, I don't know. Certainly, my uh, my Lotus. If I went, it's it's lost money. And well, I would I would say it makes the used car market probably stronger in some respects. But I wouldn't envy now being 17, starting out and trying to get a, a new car on my driveway. No, not that I had one 17, or most of us <laughs> didn't. But you know, if you're a young driver and you want to get a new car. It must be incredible, incredibly difficult to get on that ladder. And it's also making it difficult for even for people to talk about, you know, we huff and blow about EV, but let's face it, the EVs that we've been talking about, they're not small change. There's nothing no. between, unless you're going to take a chance on a poor EV experience, a second-hand Nissan Leaf, 10 years old, it has 60 mm. miles range in, mm-hmm. in the summer, it's just, which, is just, which is just not great. You're just not going to do it. So really, you need to spend fifteen k plus to buy a Hyundai Kona, or yeah. there, there's nothing like cheaper than that, and and that really is, I think, where a lot of the manufacturers are really trying to kind of jump on that way. But you know that using the the sacrifice schemes, the salary sa- sacrifice schemes, and things like that, there to try and get people onto it. But even at that, there it's still a huge chunk of money for most people. Some of the salary sacrifice schemes are eye watering. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually wonder about the, uh, some of them are great. The NHS ones are an absolute no-brainer, you know, two or three hundred mm-hmm. pound a month. But I, some people say, well, actually, uh, oh, it starts out at a thousand pound a month, but it's six hundred or seven hundred pound <laughs> net. But yeah, that's still a big chunk. That's still a yeah. big chunk you of know, money. You know, so. Uh, but then they're probably taking an approach if they're going to spend that on the car anyway. They could probably get something better for the salary sacrifice than the personal purchase. Yeah, and I suppose that's where if they're not like us sitting mm-hmm. around the table. 
they're not they're not into the cars and sitting on like it is a real problem. Well, I am on Auto Trader nearly plus every you've, day. You have the service and normally cut it in tax and all that, mm-hmm. which is yeah. can be a big cost insurance. Yeah, if it's fleet or something, and you, you know you get a free work, you're, you're insured. Renis was telling me some of the, again the NHS ones were fantastic, but he was telling me about some of the nurses who obviously then jumped on you know the nice Audis and whatever else they had. These are the ones with the really fancy electric wingers, you know, the ones that the cameras on oh, them. They mm-hmm. me a little kind of black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look amazing. Really nubbin, yeah. So he, he told me the story essentially of one of the nurses who, who he knows. And, you know, she's a nurse, so she's not particularly highly paid. But it made perfect sense for her to get a brand new car that she could charge and work. She could do it, yep. blah, 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 blah. Clipped the wing mirror and it was something ridiculous, like two and a half grand to get the wing mirrors replaced. Mm-hmm. And basically the car was... Every time she got into it then, because the wing mirror wasn't working, mm-hmm. it was flashing up warnings and that there, you know, this is not safe to drive. And, and he's saying, for all the good points of getting this here, she couldn't afford then to fix it. The one I saw the other day, I think it was an e-tron. Mm-hmm. It was up to run the SUV, yeah. and they don't retract, do they? No. They always, always they're, take they're, out they're even fixed, on your part. Yeah. So, uh, I couldn't figure it out. I thought if they're retractable, which I have seen on some cars, they go into the, the, the wing or the door frame. If they did that, it makes perfect sense. But otherwise, why not just have a traditional mirror? So the other the other question is, at two and a half grand, would you not just claim on your insurance? Because that's what it's there for. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You know, now, don't get me wrong, you pay, you'll end up paying for it in long mm-hmm. green grass. And that's another problem too. Insurance last year took a massive, a yeah. massive hike. Yeah. Here, the eyepiece we have, it's all aluminium. I mark that or scratch, scratch uh-huh. it or something like that. And it needs a panel. Yep. <laughs> Good luck. Lovely. Good luck. You'd be as bad as a Cybertruck. I've, I know. <laughs> One of the forums I'm on or, or the Facebook groups is for, you know, M4 and M3 owners and F80 and F82. And there's a lot of guys in England are offloading the cars now because they, they can't insure it all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. doubled in the last year. Yeah. it's Well, and, and that's the thing too, you know, then it does make you think, well, will I downsize? Will I will yeah. I change? And like uh, the question on, on my lips has not been if it's when mm-hmm. my mark's going to go because I know it is a bit of a last hurrah on and V8 and all the rest. Yep. And the more and more I have it, the more and more I love it. And uh, but I, I do think well, I'm gonna save myself a fortune here. Potentially, it's look, it's it's a chicken and egg thing because yep. you don't have all the sort of the moving parts type stuff. My, my dad just got a water pump done recently on his Skoda Octavia, and I think mm-hmm. oh, and belts and all that stuff. Like all the all the thoughts of all that stuff, it goes out the window with with an EV yeah. for for day for daily running if if it can be reliable enough. Um, but it can easily just turn around and flip and break your heart. Don't tell me that. <laughs> Why, Ross? Why, what have you done? Oh, I haven't done anything, but um, but my missus. She, oh, I've been um, missus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's, it's, it's her car. Um, she she is an she ha- she has an X five as well, mm-hmm. and uh, coming up to its first MOT, and she's just decided, okay, time to get rid of it. And so she went on a shopping spree and uh, saw the iX. Mm-hmm. Really liked it. Mm-hmm. Liked how it drove. Liked the fact it was similar in size to what she's what she's um, what she's used to. Ha ha ha. <laughs> but um, yeah, so she she took it. She drove it. Really enjoyed it, and uh, has got one of them coming hopefully at the start of the week. Awesome, excellent. And, and it was what, like what color? Uh, white uh, um, interior. Interior was the black and some I don't know it's contrast stitching or something on it. But the funny thing about them is there's there's. Again, this is how generic a lot of EVs are. They're they're literally 
all the same as each other mm-hmm. internally, externally, um, and there's very, very small differences on it. So I think hers has got the M Sport body kit and that mm-hmm. there, and there's a few different skirts and extensions like that there have obviously been ordered now just to make sure it's something slightly different. But um, but she was saying herself like she's you know works in Belfast one or two days a week, um, but with kids and that there, the amount of run around you're doing after them like she's gone through. 250, 300 pounds worth of diesel a month from doing yeah, short runs. So there's no way that it can't work out better. Yeah. Unless yeah. you're, you know... If you, do, you do the maths and it yeah, has to figure out. Unless the only place she charges is one of the, like the, you know, the BP. And again, I'm, I'm only learning things like this now, but charging at home or charging at work is is, is an absolute no-brainer. Yeah. Well, you've got solar at work, so that's yeah. that's that's the way to go. So you, so you only mentioned this to, to maybe just before we recorded the podcast, but, <laughs> yeah. but, but I have a couple of bits of... Uh, trivia is not the word about the IX. First of all, uh, someone like me who has uh, a toddler, uh, Isofix is a big deal. Yes. And in the back, have you seen on the back? It has it has like this wee thing. It's like a wee lift up skirt, it's, and you pull it up, and it shows the Isofix. It's class. Um, <laughs> tell you a funny funny story about being in the back of it. So I was in Bavaria then the other day. Where, where's this uh, going to go? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you where it's going to go. So I had her X5 down for it needed something reset, whatever it was anyway. So I'm having a look around the showroom and there's a white IX sitting there and she's looking at it or thinking about it. So I'm in it having a look around it and I goes, oh, this is lovely. I wonder what it's like in the back seat for the kids and that there. So mm-hmm. I hopped in the back seat and closed the door and, you know, they've got the wee fancy button to open it up and all. Mm-hmm. And I'm pressing the button and the fucking thing is not open. <laughs> so you must have the child with locks on it. So I'm half contemplating to climb over this here like a hallion in the middle of the showroom. No, I'll not. I'll sit here for a minute or two. Somebody will be walking past. <laughs> <laughs> I, sat, I, sat, I sat in the back of the showroom. I would have been for 40 minutes. I, what? For 40 minutes? <laughs> Until somebody can pass. And it was just have your phone and you could ring them? Uh, well, I, I was sitting bimbling through RMS and whatever. Oh, so then I saw this guy walking through and he was, he was actually, you know. You're the world's busiest not, man. He took 40 minutes to spend on the back of an IX. Do you know what was actually anyway. nice? It was nice to actually sit and not worry about the world for a second too. What looking at everything in tinted windows and seeing the the people hobnobbing in Bavarian, but this dude walks around. And he's got like his missus or something. They're t- something talking about cars. So I start knocking the window up, and he puts the hand up, apologizes, and start walking away. <laughs> and I was like, "No, come back, come back." So I said, "I got stuck uh, stuck in the back of an IX for forty minutes." <laughs> but yes, I did notice no. the wee Isofix skirt. Yeah, probably all saying this poor guy is deliberating us. <laughs> the, the Isofix skirt is a nice wee touch. It also has the sort of haptic button in the yeah. handles and stuff. Um, quite a small boot under 500 litres 500 litres yeah, yeah so but but fine but again it, it, it'll do everything she needs to do and the fact I've still got the X5 you know as we said if we need to go somewhere further away or yeah. you know if the, the whole lot of us are going mm-hmm. it'll be as easy to just throw everything in the X5 as we did before because um, there's a huge bit in that there and it's still the 7 seater if we ever needed you know to, to take kids and new friends somewhere and was there no way you could talk on a, a yellow E46 and then you get a GT3 or something? She, she still thinks the yellow E46 should be sold. <laughs> well, uh, see, there you go, EV. EV it's just... It's, yeah. It's, yeah, I'm actually, I'm nearly more excited about it coming than she is. And and, and again, she she does love her cars and she loves things like that there, but to her, it's just another car, whereas yeah. I'm like I'm starting to geek out a wee bit all the different bits and pieces and, and I can probably see myself that I'll... I'll take it out to work and I'll charge it to work for you and I could probably end up doing more of the driving of it myself. Yeah, mm. well, like I've, uh, that's what I like about having our iPace because 
before that, our family car was a Q3, mm-hmm. and it was just dull as dishwater to drive, and didn't like driving it at all. And whereas now I look forward, right, family day out, we're we're going for an hour's drive here. Yep, fantastic. We're hopping play, this. Play in, mm-hmm. get into the EV, and just chill because you're not going to be enjoying the roads like you would with the whole yeah. family on board. So you're just you're just there to chill out, get everyone there nice and safely and calmly, and all the rest. And nice EVs, the way to go. You've really um. Have you really? F- do you get to drive your one, or does your missus drive hers all the time? Well, I drive it a fair bit. Um, I do find like they're so effortless to drive. At some nights, like if this is the ID ID four ID four. Yeah, but some nights, you know, if you're sitting in the house and suddenly realise I need to go to the shop for something, and in my place there's speed bumps and whatnot and all that there, and it's late at night, my car's really noisy. I just jump on it. It's just easier. Yeah. Nip around the shop, you could just plant it the whole way around, plant it back around, and yep. I do it half the time. Which yeah. is ironic because my car has far more power than ID four would yeah. ever have, but. Yeah, it's just easier and more kind of quicker, probably point to point in certain roads mm-hmm. because of the way you can drive it. Big Pete always said that, but I, and, and again, I've said that there before, even though he's got rid of his Tesla, he still said for point to point B road driving, it would have took something really, really quick mm-hmm. to be able to keep up with him in the I, Tesla. I believe it. Like ID4 is nowhere near the power of the Tesla, but I would definitely believe it. The, only, been a Tesla. the, the only thing that affects all EVs, they'll all run into brakes because yeah. they're too heavy. Yeah. So you have a wee Yaris at 1,250 kilos on your back door. Yeah, you'll be pulling away. And then and then you'll be like, after three or four corners, right, I'm going to put this through four fields at yeah. 130 mile an hour here before it stops. Before it stops. Because it'll just understeer well, like a brute and it will just run out run out of brakes. I can't remember the exact model, but one of the first EVs I ever seen a few years ago, I remember looking at it in a forecourt somewhere and there were drum, drum brakes in the rear. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, I never thought I would ever see these again Holy. in a car. I remember them in the 80s and 90s and you got yeah. them, you know, Festas and things like that there, but I thought they were a relic long yeah. ago. Yeah, and it's just because you don't need to use yeah. the brakes because yeah. you're mostly on, on the region. Single region, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And single pedal driving is, yeah. is so natural and mm. it's for commuting, for traffic, it's, it's just perfect. hard to beat. Yeah. So, no, I'm very, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah, very good. Very awesome. Good. So I'm getting a chief feet recently and thinking of selling the M4 and... Obviously, the usual thing, the man maths, and go through the stuff in your head of what what else is out there that I would like. Um, but I'm finding on my commute, whilst I do love the car, the roads I'm on are kind of B roads. Some of them are quite bumpy, pothole in places, quite twisty, and the car is a little bit stiff for those kind of roads. So I can't fault the car itself, I absolutely mm-hmm. love it, but it's maybe not the best car for the roads. Mm-hmm. And it's just got me thinking, like, how much power can you actually use in the roads? Because, as I mentioned there, sometimes take my wife's car, and can carry much more pace in it, mm-hmm. even though it's not a performance car per se. So, been looking at cars somewhere to M4, but also now looking at hot hatches, which are maybe 150 horsepower down on what I have, but you could probably apply the power much, much more, mm-hmm. get more fun out of it. And it just made me kind of wonder, like, what is a good amount of power? And I know no two scenarios are the same. Some people spend their life in motorways, some will be in back roads, some have a mixture, so it's probably based on your circumstances, but... Like, what would you find as you know, a decent amount of power for day-to-day use? Well, uh, there's two different things. One's blasting down a B-road. Mm-hmm. You probably only need a couple of hundred horse, probably yeah. like 200, 250 horse. So I was, uh, this was a good question, and I was thinking about it on, on the way down, and I was thinking the GRERs at about 250, 260 brake, an I-20N, not the 30, you yeah. know, not not something slightly smaller. Yeah, something slightly smaller. So not necessarily a golf R, but maybe the club sport or something mm-hmm. like that. There, that's that's sort of a bit lighter, nimble. You can feel everything through the wheel. 
you can uh, keep the pace up rather than having to have that accelerative uh, pace. And it is something that, as, as we're saying about EVs, are very heavy, but anything heavier. So in the Merc, it's 1.8 ton. Mm-hmm. So yes, it can move, but you do start to feel... It's 1.8 ton to carry around a fast corner. Yeah. You know, you do feel it's weight when you're on the brakes over and over and over again, whereas something nice and light. So it's it's the not, they used to be called, like, I don't know what what they're called. It's not a hot hatch. It's smaller than that. Because like, the hot uh, hatch. I think they actually just call them warm hatches. Yeah. They? Yeah. So like Slightly an, lower powered ones. A Fiesta ST. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something like a that. 200 brake type, type one versus yeah, 300 brake. Fiesta yeah. ST mount tune type thing rather than a focus or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I think is the perfect thing for Beirut blasting. But. You're then on an A road and there's a car in a lorry in front of you. They're doing 45. You're looking, you can see a car coming in the distance, oncoming traffic. If you have 400 horse, you're past them every time if you four wheel yeah. drive or something like that. Yeah. You know, and that's, and that's where in an EV with plenty of horsepower, like you just, you would just take that and it's actually a safe overtake yeah. because you can do it in no time. This is the quandary because you have cars like my M4 and cars are much more powerful than it, you know, 500 horsepower and bigger. And I used to love the shove in the back that you get from those, and I still do. Mm-hmm. But more and more now, I'm thinking, um, you read car reviewers chatting about the sweet spot and the power range of cars. Mm-hmm. And what is the sweet spot? It's that point where you're probably getting the most feedback and the most enjoyment out of actually driving. And I'm thinking about how much I actually get the stretch of car's legs. Yeah. And I don't. Yeah. And I'm thinking if you had a hot hatch, say 250, 300 horsepower, you could use more of that power more of the time. And the actual uh, smile you get in your face might come more often. Well, so. I now my circumstances changed dramatically because of a wee one. Yep. But, you know, on a regular occasions when the road was nice and quiet, like Bay Road, you're winding it out in the gears. Mm-hmm. I'm not winding, you know, wind that mark out in the gears and you're, you're yeah, just crazy figures. Yeah, it's the same as your figures. Yeah. <clears throat> you wind that out in the gears and, and, and that really is it. You, it's too fast. There was... There was something in RMS, I can't quite remember who it was, but they came out with a saying that you can only go so fast. Um, but I was listening to the Reload podcast, mm-hmm. and they dropped it yesterday. And what they were actually talking about was 90s hot hatches, mm-hmm. which were all around 120, 130, 150 horsepower, mm-hmm. which was a loads and loads of horsepower back in the day. But again, that's obviously when cars were lighter, but... Until the Mark III Golf came along. <laughs> Until the Mark III came along. <laughs> <laughs> I don't talk about it, Con- Conal Craig. But I, I do believe that that kind of, it's all the power to weight ratio. And when 150 horsepower 20 years ago mm-hmm. was a flying machine because cars were lighter. Mm-hmm. And, and I can remember like being in Friends, um, like the, the, what do you call it, the... The 106 GTI. Yes, I was going to say 106 GTI or 306 yeah. GTI 6 or something like what that. What a quick wee car. My, um, my cousin as well, um, she was going out with a guy and he had one of the first GTI 6s I'd ever seen in the country. Mm-hmm. And we'd done a bit of back road blasting and, and it was just a car that could carry speed that you just couldn't comprehend. And that, that was kind of what it was all about. I, I think and, and exciting. Oh, really exciting was, without being like deep into yeah. three figures oh, or yeah. something silly without, like that. Without being at crazy speeds. Mm-hmm. But it was just exciting. Uh, and again, we all talked about it. Um, that, that modification I had on, on my M3, which changed the diff to the 401 diff, mm-hmm. dropped a lot of top speed. But what it gave that car was a lot more, you know, in-gear pull, in-gear yep. acceleration. Not so good off the, the, the stand and start, apparently. But, <laughs> <laughs> but do you see just that? I still think that 340 horsepower and that there is too much. I think something around 200, 250 horsepower 
that's drivable that you can carry a bit of speed in. Mm-hmm. You have the sensation of speed as opposed to going fast itself. Yeah. That really is the sweet spot. I, th- I think the weight's a really good point there, actually, because you know the, the car not me would like to think that all car companies are populated by engineers, like the guys who did the, uh, the Z3M and those kind of skunkworks projects, and mm-hmm. they're so passionate about designing the car and the engine power that they've got just the perfect blend and the optimum. But in reality, the cars have got so heavy, they're probably saying, well, we need to give this car 500 horsepower to offset yeah. the weight and make sure that it's not seen as slower than its predecessor. Have you felt um, the weight and, and of the seats? And have, have you ever, have oh you yeah. ever had to take a seat out of any modern car? Well, they're just heavy as hell. A yeah. ton, so they yeah. do. Like, they're so heavy. The amount of electrics and airbags and safety, everything. They're just, cars are so fat and heavy well, nowadays. It just means, you know, you're throwing a car around the corners that's maybe two tons, and 20 years ago it would have been one ton. Yeah. yeah. And it's much more dangerous for all involved. So, so I'll tell you a car that, that does another car that breaks that mould and we've talked about it before the cast because we're talking about things that you were thinking about changing yep. to Gary but one of those cars that definitely breaks that mould and is if you want something new or nearly new um, is an Alpine A110 mm-hmm. if you only mm-hmm. need yep. two seats that looks like a fantastic car yep. and yep. apparently just the, the original one was really good so you have that Renault Sport 18 turbo engine it only weighs like 1,100 kilos. Mm-hmm. Looks really quirky. Has pretty good uh, double-clutch box. And I think it's like good that. enough for Gordon Murray to buy and drive every day. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. He's a fussy, fussy guy. Have you ever yeah. heard him talking about cars? Yeah. yeah. He, it's the way every interview I've ever read with him or seen, he bemoans the weight of modern cars and the feedback you get or the lack of feedback and so on and yep. so forth. Uh, his, is it Mark II Escort he has? But yeah. the um, collection of stuff. And he has a smart roadster was another thing that mm-hmm. he really uh, liked. But uh, Johnny Smith's interviews with him are, are well worth uh, well worth a watch. But yeah, the the A110, I am sure, is like just perfect for that. And But also it's quite cool yeah. as well. And, and I do think... Um, and you know what? Uh, my Lotus isn't the quickest. On a back road, it's... it's Pretty compliant. It's pretty good, but it's probably still over egged, and the and the Porsche was yep. too long geared yep. as well. It just wanted to do big numbers on a on a back road, you know. And then you're tempted to do them. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I know. Yep. It's it's look, it's it's a problem. And then the other problem is you you go to the other end. Like in the last couple of years, I've driven some exotic Italian stuff, and you know they are just the capability of those cars versus the road. Like it's just it's yep. just mad. The, the driver skills aren't going up proportionally. No, no, They're down if anything, because of all the drive rates. Yeah. So, but yeah. So you know, yes, that was my uh, thought for the day. But yeah, on the A one ten, Gary, you were you were uh, wondering about something very similar along those lines, built in the same factory, perhaps. Okay, it's just I say I was looking just at different cars and hot hatches and things, and uh, the Civic Type R. Keep thinking about it, the FK eight. Mm-hmm. Um, still, just not. Totally decided about the looks. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to think it was totally over the top. I've warmed it a bit now. I could probably live with it. Uh, but same, same. Still a little bit Larry. Um, I think you would have to go for a very careful color choice. Yeah. And things got there. Um, but yeah, I was looking at the, the Megane RS uh, 280, mm-hmm. which to me looks like a kind of nice, it's subtle, but not so subtle that you wouldn't notice it in the road if you were a carman. It's got the wider flank in the rear, 19-inch wheels and so on. Definitely, they're a wee bit yeah. cute car, but if you if you know, you know. Yeah, there's a couple of guys, Norm S have one. Um, Eddie's, Eddie's, Eddie's um, yep. yeah, Liquid Yellow one's Liquid Yellow's fantastic, but I say a set of wheels, spacers, they've just got a really nice stance, you know, mm-hmm. and probably enough enough power for the road, but you could always remap it if you want a little bit more. Yeah. So, look at Lowe's, uh, 
not really keen on golfers. I've had one before, so don't want to go back down that route. Um, but there's not a lot of other really fast hatches out there taking the boxes. No, I th- I think that I didn't go that route, but I had the same quandary, and yeah. I and I was if I could have got a drive in a FK8, mm-hmm. I think that's the way maybe I would have gone. Yeah, but I did get a drive in the in a 300 began, and I didn't do it for me, but. It was one of those things. It was maybe the mood it was in as well, yeah. and then it was just seduced <clears throat> by horsepower. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You probably stepped out of something with a lot of power at the time, so I think back to back it may not have felt as rapid. Well, actually, no. It was I had the Yaris, and I, I think I was wanting something. Right. I think I was wanting the palate cleanser from the Yaris. To be honest, right, I just right, wanting because right. I was like, it's not going to be good as the, and it's not. I'm going to hold it up to the Yaris. It's not going to be as good. So I may as well get something different, which I can't really compare. Yeah. Yeah, so I have an American state. Well, totally you, um, <clears throat> I was reading through because uh, I think I told you some of the last ones. I realised I had been paying for a year's worth of subscription of Evo magazine on mm-hmm. the iPad and had forgot all about it. So I was catching up on their twenty-five. Uh, yeah, the car of the year. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and both the one ten and the it's the one ten R, wasn't it? Yeah. Or the the rest one was like hundred thousand pounds. Yeah, some bit of kit. Yeah, but that's that's too oh, expensive. It needs to be, yeah. you know, thirty thirty odd grand second hand or something. You know. Yeah. At, uh, Half something, attainable, something a bit different. Did Danny tell you I wrote Evo another letter about their article? <laughs> oh no, I've won another watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you ever see Gary, I don't Riley think win, winning the, the Stratton watch or whatever it is, it is the same guy in this podcast. He writes in Evo every uh, month. Yeah. He's like, they're I, prob- was, I think they're hoping that you write in Gary, so they're like, right, we've got a page here. Hopefully, Gary will write in. We'll give him a watch, and it gets that I, page, I didn't think page they would seventy-two. Sort give of the same person a watch twice. I, I think they haven't twigged. Came in here, Gary's got one a night and <laughs> one on each arm. I've been watching one arm, <laughs> <laughs> shaking them around like Arthur Daly was. You know, they're not bad watches. They're, they're not Rolexes, but they're they're uh, Triton or Triton, whatever you call them, and they're like a couple hundred quid. So. So it's Gary, a free watch. I'm not going to say no. Gary has to keep. And uh, well, you're, you're I'll just keep writing. I'm not forcing them to publish it. If they want to stick it here. Read his letters. They're worth publishing yeah. on real. Um, you should write some for RMS, Gary. That's all I'm saying. I don't have any watches to give you. That's the only problem. <laughs> yeah, but you, you, you want like 6,000 word articles. I write Chachi, short letters. Chat GPT for the win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But anyway, so uh, yeah, I'll be int- we're, we're saying watch this space. See, see who changes. Uh, who shoots first here in the in the change of vehicles? Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, there's definitely something about feeling alive driving a wee hot hatch, fucking on the rails. Well, I'm not getting younger. I want to seize it while I can. Yeah, absolutely. I can still drive myself and see over the wheel. But uh, sure, I, I see there you were saying about um, we're recording this after the the recent storms here in Northern Ireland that seem to mm-hmm. seem to take out every fence and power line going. Yes. Um, Roads were a bit sketchy of debris and broken branches and so on, trees sometimes. Thankfully, none uh, none right my way or hopefully nobody else's way here. But uh, I did notice coming down another morning, I was pleasantly surprised. If you come down Purdysburn and towards Milltown, there's a, a very busy set of traffic lights there. It's mm-hmm. kind of a major junction. All the traffic coming out the, the outer ring goes for it. And it's very, very busy in the mornings. But traffic lights were out the entirety of the day, I think, and the next day. And um, I passed them in the morning and came back that evening and just couldn't get over how courteous people were actually being. They were actually stopping and flashing, letting people through. Mm-hmm. None of this kind of kind of rat race effect that I thought would have happened. Yeah. You know, so it was nice to see. Makes a change in this country. Yeah. I had people just instead of just people cutting you up and having yeah. time for you and, and, and all the rest. I was just surprised for the sheer volume of traffic going through there in such a busy place that it was actually working, having no tr- lights. Yeah. You know, just people giving way naturally. It was working. Yeah. Look, we probably have a lot of we probably have too much road furniture on our roads only yeah. because of some people who are 
completely selfish idiots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's you probably roll, roll the clock back to like the fifties or sixties. There probably was no traffic lights there. In that True. same part yeah. of the road, yeah. and and everything was would have been a junction just or something. Yeah, um, grand. <clears throat> I generally I do try to be courteous and and allow people out not there, but nothing pisses me off more than when you let somebody out and they just like fuck it, just blank you. It. It's like you prick, <laughs> <laughs> you fucking prick. But so was I, ex drivers. Do you know something? Manners, ma- manners cost very little, and and when you see something that's refreshing mm-hmm. like that, there we go. It makes you wonder when you see all these. Just people getting pent up with rage and whatever else behind the wheel, and you can see them like people having wee shit fits. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's just crazy how you can have like two complete, yeah. like just such. There's a lot of anger in people. Like you see some yeah. of these videos on YouTube of the road rage events and incidents and so on. There was one recently. Uh, it was in the papers. Don't know if you saw it. Some some guy in England. He was he got out and there was a woman driving a car and she had the camera going in the car and he was over banging her windscreen and bearing his teeth at her and all this here just because like um, he got he actually was in the wrong I think he got in her way and yeah. she waved her hand at him or something like that mm-hmm. there but you just go why are these people so angry all the yeah. time after yeah. getting out and wanting to fight the, the uh, Ronnie Pickering effect yep <laughs> you know who I am you know, I know. <laughs> I'm Ronnie, Ronnie Pickering fucking Pickering <laughs> <laughs> oh, unbelievable well uh I'm more interested in the next bit that you have here, Gary, because the Vauxhall Frontera is something that I haven't seen sight or sign off in years. No. I was talking to somebody about one last week about how they were actually, even though they rotted from the inside out, they had a really, really good four-wheel drive system. They were a, a genuinely capable... Yes. Yeah. Genuinely well, capable... As long as they, they didn't fall to pieces in terms yeah. of rust. So I saw this in the car news article the other day, and I, I know nothing about... The, the new car that's coming, what its power is or all there. All I know is that the Vauxhall is bringing back the Frontera as a electric SUV. So it's going to be an EV platform. Um, but I was just surprised that they went with the name choice because mm-hmm. like, I, I wrote an article, I think, Andy, for RMS once about names of cars and how some of the most popular cars years ago, the car they name over, and then there's this kind of weight of expectation. But I don't actually recall the Frontera being particularly... Amazing, good, or no, not popular? I, I don't think... What I remember at the Frontiers at the time, I can remember my dad buying one, and that was the time that, you know, if you wanted a 4x4, you were in, you know, whatever. It was yeah. something really boxy, or else it was an Isuzu Trooper, or else Vauxhall came out with this Frontier, which the, the first one I can remember, it, like, it had the spare wheel on the back of it, but it was on, like, this big fucking heavy metal arm mm-hmm. that, you know, you had to pull it out, and then the, the tailgate lifted up. But... Obviously, as kids, yeah, I can't remember. I was young at the time, but I can remember, you know, him taking us all. We were going down on a drive, and then went down on the beaches, and yeah. like he was, like <laughs> my dad was just going mad, going up and down over these hills and sand dunes and everything else. And I thought there was nothing like this thing with the four low gearbox, and it yeah. was just it was one of those amazing things. So, I, I'm I'm quite interested to see what they do with it, and and it probably makes sense to come up with an SUV because that that really is what loads of us look for whether mm. we need one or not and Vauxhall don't have anything outside no. I think in recent years they've that mock thing and I, here's, here's my very simple thoughts on it right and I and I loved Vauxhall back in the day I passed uh, my test in a Vauxhall Cavalier L Mark Class. 3 I had uh, uh, Vauxhall Carton GSIs yep mm-hmm. uh, we got a good run one time Gary we've talked about it before yep. in a Lotus Carton and mm-hmm. we both were re- really impressed yeah but Vauxhall haven't built anything of any interest in a long time. They are the butthole no. of the Stellantis brand. Mm-hmm. They are going to die. They dropped their GSI brands and even the VXR brands kind of died away. Um, 
It's a crying shame, by the way. Yeah, well, a it, crying shame. It is. You're my my it, first car was a, a Vauxhall, a little Corsa, and I always hankered after a GSA Corsa. It's yeah. still there as a something I'll buy someday. Yeah, but but see see but the Vauxhall, see the Vauxhall brand from yeah. Terra. I don't think anyone gives a shit anymore about. Front, but that's you know, that's that's cynic in me saying it's just some kind of market employee, and they're appealing now to the, the the ones who you know, as you say, somebody's dad had one, and now they're grown up and they want to buy something for the family and. Like this car isn't a, you know, it's not a Mark II or Mark III. It's a totally new platform, but mm-hmm. they're using the same name. And I'm wondering, is it just a copyright thing? that They, they own the name and they can use it and it's not costing much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And fairness, I think the new Astra is a pretty good looking car. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, actually but it is. I don't think anyone cares about Vauxhall anymore. They're just completely irrelevant. You, I think you've hit a really, uh, the nail on the head there. And, and it ties in with another question that's asked later on um, from one of our listeners. And, and Vauxhall as a brand... I think have really they've taken nothing of any significance out. They're you know they're just rolling out mundane, churned out crap, um, yep. and it's a real shame because like I'm sure you can remember as well like growing up when we were growing up and and, and the cars it was like Ford versus Vauxhall. Ford versus Vauxhall. Yep. Look at it now. Yep. We see this is a good example of what you were talking about with Toyota there because Toyota in recent years, but prior to the Yaris, then we come back in the Supra. You know there wasn't a lot. Really to speak of, they brought out the GT86, which was kind of lukewarm. But I think if companies don't have those kind of dynamic models and fast models, so, even if they so, only sell, sorry for the oh. uh, siren in the background of the podcast there, in case anyone <laughs> anyone's sitting, watching this and listening to this in their car and that's, looking in the mirror, the plaud saw Ross's van in two hour down here. <laughs> anyway, but, uh, if those manufacturers don't have a really dynamic model in their range or something that seemed to elevate them, I think they just become, they're just totally beige, the whole range. Yeah. And they need that, even if it sells in low numbers or doesn't sell anything. Yeah. It's still seen that they've got that kind of an angle, you and know, it, and they can be seen to have, you know, there's people in there who want to explore dynamics and sporting of cars and give it a little bit of an edge. And, and they, I, they have no appetite for that at all. Yeah, none. And, and, I, and I can't see, they've, and they've no really good... EV prop, there's no good proposition that makes them relevant at all. It's not like Peugeot bringing out the or Peugeot with like the 508 PSE or the yeah. the uh, whatever it is the two e two eight and stuff like that. You know they they are trying. Yeah, you know. Yeah, although I would even say their their two uh, eight is a bit of a wasted opportunity because I think that is a really fantastic looking little hatch. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a warm version, but mm-hmm. it wasn't well reviewed. But I think if they'd brought it, it's only about two hundred fifty horse. Yeah. The Aris kind of pair. Yeah, and nice wheels on it, nice Celtic. It would have been an amazing little hatch. Yeah, yeah, but they're not. They're not at the Vauxhall level of no. They're, they're Vauxhall have passed the point of yeah. no return. I, I think, unfortunately, yeah. and Vauxhall and Ford used to be kind of on a, a level, but Ford at least are you know they're bringing out plenty of quick stuff. You know the yeah. Mustangs and whatnot in this world. Yeah, and yeah. The, even the Mac E, and they're keeping yeah. with the with the times for sure. And they're they're uh, GT forty and stuff like that way at the top. Oh, yeah, awesome. Yeah, would love running one of those. Sure. Um. Yeah, Ross. I am. Um, <clears throat> well, I've talked about obviously my missus. She's um, she's got a new car coming. Um, I feel like I've a new car <laughs> Sorry, coming. I'm just reading the notes. You wrote Mrs. Pimp. <laughs> this is a great yeah. name. <laughs> um, Pimping in the X. I felt like going for a new car. I had to put four new tires in the X5, and without even going for like stupidly really expensive ones, it was still eleven hundred pound for four handcooks. Land sales. <sighs> Yeah. Uh, Jeez, well, do you know something? I, I sometime last year, and we may have spoke about this before. It was coming up to MOT time. It was coming up with something, and I needed to put two tires in the front. There was a waiting list on getting decent tires in, and I went for they weren't the budget budgets, but they were still something about you know 120 pound a corner, and they were the biggest pile of dung. And whilst I'm moaning about the fact about having to spend 1100 quid, 
the difference in set of good tires is, is mm-hmm. night and day difference. Like, yep. you know, even driving in that crap last week, or, you know, the, the rain, the bit of slush and sleet that we had, it was cutting through it nicely. It was doing everything it should have been doing. Mm-hmm. Whereas on the previous ones, they, they were, and, and even something simple, the, the exact same profile, the same size, the same everything else. But when you saw the, the new tire sitting beside the old tire, it was just so much bigger and fatter and chunkier and, and just, you know, so whilst the moaning about the cost of tires, and, and again, if I had went for the star-rated ones that BMW was supposed to have, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're talking about 1500 quid for four tires. It's that old thing, you don't get really any enjoyment from buying tires for such yeah. a big outlay, but at the same time, it's the only thing between your car and the road. So, mm-hmm. so it has to be done. You know, it, it, it's, I, I do believe that budgets are a false economy, especially in something that... And again, this is where Renis has actually said to me about, he, he has found with EV driving... You really munch through tires, whether it's the torque or whatever else, maybe it's the weight, the weight of it, it's your yeah. weight as well. Yeah. But in something, the weight of an X5, which is two and a half ton, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it, it really is. It's it's money for old rope. So on. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I had made a wee note about was um, Big Pete, one of our forum members, uh, Sean. Um, they done a GoFundMe, mm-hmm. um, as I'm sure some of you have probably seen and read. Um, Sean and his wife are going through a whole transition. She hasn't been well. He wants to take her home and uh, basically needs to raise a lot of money to to make that happen. Um, The the lady needs around-the-clock care. So the good folks of RMS decided we're going to do something for him. Um, And loads of us donated prizes, presents. Sean himself was overwhelmed on the day, so he was there. Mm -hmm. That's right, and I called in down at Pace for... An hour down and for an hour, and, yep. and again, it's going back to that kind of the, the whole given thing. Like there was homemade buns and cookies and everything made, which were fucking phenomenal. They were great. Um, you know the amount of, of of goodness that people have in their hearts to help somebody who's in need and at times of need. Um, it was just phenomenal to see, and and I think there was there was close to three grand lifted on that Saturday alone, which was. Even more impressive in the fact that, um, and it was just you know it was just down to probably a bit of lack of planning on uh, on our behalf. But uh, GTI and I had run; they were running their own day on the exact same morning, and again they they left a load of money as well for yeah. another couple of worthy causes. But yeah, it was just it was it was fantastic. Uh, was, to I see. think that was a bit of a, a scheduling snafu that we had two yeah. cars and coffees on the same day, unfortunately. But yeah. uh, because it would have been you know. It's, we've all talked about how nice Cars and Coffee is to go to because it's a really easy, relaxed morning. You know, the, the weather was shit. And yeah. People turned up in cars that were dirty and that there, but nobody actually cared because they were there for, for a different thing. And it was the exact same thing down at Black Line for the GTI and I guys. That people yeah. were, were just turning up and, and it was just... But yeah, so so the the, the fundraiser or the... I'll put, I'll put a link to the fundraiser in the show notes as well. Yeah, it was it was just phenomenal. And, and I know Pete had said to me that on the podcast to make sure that... That uh, that I thank people on his behalf for everybody who turned up and showed up and were able to just come down and show their faces and 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 help out another four member. So mm-hmm. well, I, so. I, totally humbling that that the way people you know look after each other on the forum is just unreal. Yeah, it really is, and you, you see it in the the likes of that. You see it in the mental health thread mm-hmm. and, and some some of the stuff that people have to deal with as well. You know, it, it's it's a very powerful thing, and and that is something that. You know, whilst we all have a wee bit of fun and we slag and we, something that you should be very proud of is what RMS has grown into, Andy. Because you know, it we're 
we're a bunch of car enthusiasts first and foremost. We've all had our, you know, we've all had a bit of fun. Uh, some of us may have had a few more warnings from moderators than others, but <laughs> do you know something? At the heart of it, at, at, no matter what's going on, there's goodness there, and people are always willing to to help somebody at a time of need. And there's always somebody to chat to. The resources that are on RMS is fantastic, and it's something that, as forms have died out, RMS has continued to grow from strength to strength. And I do think, you know, you're, you're, it's the first time I've seen you probably like a wee bit uh, red in the cheeks out there. But it, it is something I do think you should be very proud of, of not just what it is, but what it's grown into and continues to evolve into. So, yeah. Well, I think it, it has, um, it's gone from strength to strength. Uh, there was a period 10 years ago where it seemed that forums were just a day in breed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw plenty of comments that, you know, our mails will be around for much longer either. But... It's proving everyone wrong, um, and I think it's because the sense of community on the RMS has always been really strong, even going back 10, 20 years. All I can say is I, I find the way the membership behave fairly humbling. Like, I just, you know, mm-hmm. and you know they're out, out for each other. And, you know, all I do is provide the platform, really, and, and let people tear away. I don't really want to interfere with... I'm not as big into organising stuff for... I love doing this here. I love having yeah, the crack. Yeah. And I love cars. But, and it's, but don't do yourself a disservice. The service. It's I been hear, well moderated no, no, and well is, run as well. And that's why a, it's... This is not a smoke-blowing exercise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to enjoy myself as well. Yeah. No, you're yeah. not here to make me feel awkward. I'm going to take charge of this and, and take this down a different route. Right, we've, we've a Q&A to do here. Yeah. Thank, and thank you very much for your kind words. But more importantly... Get on and don't yeah, let's get on. First question: and When will RMS close? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, look at it. What's when it going hell freezes over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Q and A. Right, uh, the first one here is from Big Pete. Um, he's getting a lot of hits, and the most popularly named member in the podcast. Will any of you ever build a complete project car again in your lives? And if so, what would it be, Ross? So. <clears throat> I, I have thought about this here many times because nothing would give me greater happiness and pleasure than to build an old Max Power style car from back in the day. I, I just and it I, would suit you to the ground. Like you, you haven't left that area. <laughs> you can just step straight back into that's it. That's exactly what's wrong with me. I'm I'm 44, thinking I'm like 22. <laughs> um, I'm thinking you're in the 90s as yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> but nothing would give me greater pleasure than to build something really wide and larry and fiberglassy and sound system and just mm-hmm. completely impractical. But our good friend Tufty has had his G60 Rally, which was a f- beautiful car. Absolutely gorgeous, everything about it. And he had lovely wheels, lovely paint job. But Tufty being Tufty and at the, the height of modifying just wanted to go balls out in this thing. And I think he's bought over the course of the last 10 or 11 years four or five different engines for it each one a different stage of madness Mm -hmm. but as he's realised the money he has thrown into his car over the last I'm saying 10 years between people who are supposed to be doing work for him that shafted him between different bits and pieces and stuff not becoming available whatever else it's a never ending pit and I think he's finally now, <laughs> although knowing Tufty, he'll probably change his mind again, but I think he's kind of going to put it back to a very, very similar spec to how it was and how it looked. So as much as I would love the thought of building a project car, I don't think that you could do it properly service. Because again, even silly things like 
20, 15, 20 years ago, the amount of boys who were throwing out fiberglass kits for cars was left, right and yeah. centre. People who were doing individual modifying was, was everywhere. Mm-hmm. You were going to the likes of Audio Advice or, or Sound in Motion and getting like kick-ass sound systems. Mm-hmm. A lot of that there has, has died off. So um, unfortunately for me, it, it's, it really is rose-tinted glasses um, and something I love the thought of, but I can't ever see myself doing. Well, I'm going to play your own life back at you and tell you you're <laughs> wrong. Only in a way that you won an E46 M3 yeah, and you've turned that into a project car, and you've loved every minute of it. Well, actually, yeah. <laughs> so, so when you look at it that I way, forgot about that one. Oh yeah, well, he's sort of like, <laughs> oh yeah, but uh, and that's true. And maybe you had a good base, and you weren't going to you were you were keeping your maybe you're keeping your project sensible, yeah. and also maybe the, maybe the fact that the investment was always going to be a plus investment yeah, anyway. That, that is probably a very good, you know. I suppose when you look at it like that, I've I've. I took a car that cost me 22 quid and I've spent probably a lot of money on it, except if a missus is listening, which I haven't. Um, but yeah, I suppose I guess I kind of had made that, that car my own. And you've really enjoyed that. Enjoyed it. And I've loved, yeah. I've um, loved hearing about it. it. Yeah, so, so actually, in answer to Pete's question, the answer in your case is <laughs> actually, yes, I was put in this really weird circumstance and made the best of it. Yeah, okay, which, that's a good way of looking at it. And... I'm, I'm only thinking about this because I would probably have agreed with what you said at the start. It's like, you know, there's a lot of stress and money mm-hmm. and and it's even the time commitment. I remember when I was running the drift car, the time commitment was enormous. I just couldn't do it now. It would be unfair to my family and all but the rest, you know. That's that's the key word. And, and we're all, all three of us here in the same position. See, see family time to try and do anything, you know, because... Most nights of the week, we've got something to do with kids, mm-hmm. you know, between sports, between football, between mm-hmm. gymnastics, wherever else, to try and find two or three hours to go out to shed or guys to build up the, the you know, whatever. When you get that time, you're catching up on your, it's your own time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To do stuff that you want to do. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. And, and even I remember when I was on the drift car, I couldn't have done it without uh, my mate Robert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But back then, you know, he has a family now and all too. He doesn't have <laughs> yeah. the same time. As well, and like, and I, he was like literally right hand me this because he mm-hmm. he was the the man on the spanners and knew what he was at, and I was and I was just the 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 crap lab, apprentice labourer. Do you know what I mean? But at the same time, thinking about what you've done with your M three, yeah. I think you know, like that's a that's a lot of fun. yeah. Well, do you know, so it has been a lot of fun. There's been a lot of hours in that there as well. But uh, you know, if I was to start from the start to try and do it in in a small time frame, the way that we used to do it mm-hmm. when we were all younger and had time. Um, you know, I, I, I just don't. I, very, very valid points there. But you know, it's not just me having the time; it's the family, it's your friends. I remember Ewok, who's still in the form. Like he had the wee. Do you remember his Cleo? Do you? It was the flip painted one that had the GTR yes. bonnet. Yeah, bonnet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I can remember. So when I was back up living up with mum and dad's, and you know, we had dad's garage and out there. So me and him spending nights, you know, fiberglass in the back of it, high as kites <laughs> with the smell of the fiberglass fumes building and moulding these things and you know working to 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 two or three o'clock in the morning and get up the next day because we had no worries or no commitments yeah. but but yeah doing things on that kind of time frame uh no it'd be impossible now but you know i suppose if you got something like i was l- lucky enough to have and to be able to tinker at and get bits and pieces and just take your time out then yeah if you can do it that way which I mean which you can understand the way too that some people do and go buy a project but it could take them 10 years yeah which you can never understand when we were younger and speed was of the essence mm-hmm. and you had to get, whereas now you can yeah. think, well, just life gets in the way, you know. Life gets in the way and, you know, I, I had a, a summer kind of 
kind of access to a garage, you know, my, my dad's place and full working garage, all the tools, everything else, and loads of free time. And used to think nothing of working the midnight on the car, mm-hmm. doing bits and pieces, and up at crack of dawn and get stuck in again. But it's just time now, you know. Totally. And look, that's yeah. that's the way these things uh, go. Um, and well, the question is, I don't know if we've answered the question. If you did have the project. <laughs> what would the project be? So I have an idea. So and and I've I've thought about this. And I'm like, well, I have a lot of cash tied up in the Lotus, which I'll be, I'll be honest, like it's I should I shouldn't really you know I could, I could downsize it. And if I did downsize it, what I would probably go for is F80 or F82, so mm-hmm. an M3 or M4, a track build, or maybe someone that someone's pumped yeah. the yeah. money into it and they've put the. The nitrons or the olins into and the, the sticky tires yeah. and a couple of Recaro seats or or race seats or mm-hmm. something like that and uh, harnesses and ready to go. I think it'd be a great track car yeah. and um, and all the rest. So that's if I was building a project car, it would be something like that. I wouldn't take it too far. It would probably be for track and then keep and it then road legal though. Keep it road legal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Hydraulic Nurburgring, enjoy well. it. <laughs> <laughs> Hydraulic one, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, what do you think, Gary? What would you build? Um, probably because I was such a Honda head at one point. I've I've always felt I'd love to build um, either an EG or an EK Civic track car with the full Tigger Type R engine, maybe supercharged and really good suspension, stripped out everything else. Just think it'd be a lot of fun and be good to have something kind of high rev and natural aspirated engine again, which mm-hmm. you're seeing less of nowadays. And that would just be for track. Um, the other project I've had in the back of my head since I was a teenager, and I'll probably never be able to do it because of the money and time, but you know, I've came in the money and I was semi-retired or something like that there. Uh, E30 M3 shell, totally stripped out and rebuilt as a fast road car with an E46 3.2 engine. Mm-hmm. Full nice. custom interior, the whole works. Would your right-hand drive convert it? Definitely. Well, if it could be done, yeah, um, without ruining the feel of the car, or, you know, you probably have to get a dash custom made and all that. Yeah, imagine, or, yeah, or you yeah. buy a an, a regular three shell. Well, yeah, for, and, for any thirty dash, make it. But yeah, that would be a ton of money and a ton of time. So, will it ever happen? Probably not. But who knows? Never say never. Keep doing the lottery. Nice to have dreams. See, if you had enough money, you could semi-retire and then do all this. It's, it's all hinges money, doesn't it? Money, what money or time? Or money, both. money buys time. Yeah, true. Yep. It does. Well, well, and then the same could be said that uh, people who learn lots of money have no time mm-hmm. yeah. because they're yeah. they're spending all their time earning the money that they don't have the time to. Uh, That's true. Yeah. Enjoy it. Money's also it's hard. Got these days too. Mm-hmm. Tub of butters four pound fifty. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> more money, more problems. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, next question is from Terry. Terry asks: Car or garage tools that were so good you'd wish that bought you bought them years ago or or are there ones that you'd wish you'd never bother with? Possible segue into what can be done at home versus when it's time to take it uh, to a pro. Well, I use uh, my learner colleague in the RMS moderator pool, Coog, uh, as an example here. And he did something that I should have done and now I probably don't have the time to do. And he went to the um, like the motor mechanic courses at the, uh, the Southern Regional College or something yeah. like that. And um, I remember him telling me about all the stuff that, you know, and it was literally bring your own car along and, you know, do stuff, put suspension into it, put brakes into it, whatever else, and learn welding and learn all these, mm-hmm. um, uh, learn all these skills. So this, this isn't a tool in particular, this is, but this is, this is a tool kit, 
as in being being more confident. And you see the work that Craig now does. Oh. Like he's just mm-hmm. uh, he's he's up there with Spiller Pablo. Hands. He's you know. Unreal. And uh, like a lot of people in RMS were very, very impressive with the, the work they can do. But um, that that was the one thing that um, we didn't have a wee one. I had times in the evening and yes, the Newton Arge was miles away from me. But I should have just went, you know what, frigate, I'll, I'll do it. The same way I did like motorbike test or advanced mm-hmm. motor and done stuff like that there. But I, sh- I should have done something like that to improve my improve my own confidence. Because I have a decent enough garage. Yeah. But... I and I only do bits and pieces now, and some half the time as well. Do you know what? That might take a long time. Mm-hmm. I haven't done it in ages, so uh, so I'll maybe give it a miss. You know, and then and then and that falls back in the project car thing too, because I yeah. think the more handy you are at something, the you know the John Pedens of this world that they can mm-hmm. just turn their hand to anything. You know, but that has an effect you, on a project car too. You just answered that question because I I I saw that question and I was like, fuck, I don't really do like a lot of work, but. That answer that you just give about Coog, that you couldn't answer it better because that that really I'm I'm in the exact same position and I've spoke about it on podcasts here before about how envious I am of guys who who aren't just you know <clears throat> who can do not just the simplest things because mm-hmm. we can all do you know really basic things, but someone who's confident enough to pull a set of suspension out and you know do whatever else. That that would have been fantastic if I if I had have thought about something like that. There, that that's the best answer. Teaching yourself or, or, or giving yourself the 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 access or the wherewithal to learn those things. I oh, think. Absolutely, I think uh, in terms of tools, like uh, a basic set of tools from Halfords, you know, Halfords Pro stuff yep. is is great. It's lifetime warranty. <laughs> lifetime warranty. You can you can get a, a socket extension replaced on a on a Friday after or a mm-hmm. Sunday afternoon. But uh, it's what you can do with that. And the more you know, the more you can do uh, with less too. So you can have the fanciest garage in the world. Yeah. But if you don't have the, the hand skills to do it, yeah. I think that's that's, mm-hmm. right, right. that's a, a massive thing. But that's And that's my way around of not actually knowing what tools he means. <laughs> I racked my brain over that one. And like, I can't think of a, a tool really that's ever just blown me away as not how amazing it does what it does you know some some hammers are better than others and some ratchets are better uh, the one thing that did spring to mind it was uh, the first time I saw one of them special jacks for lowered cars mm-hmm. and I had spent years you know with lowered cars and having to put them on a block of wood to try and get them jacked up or something out there mm-hmm. and I just yeah. thought this is great I need one of these I, I, I bought one of those yeah. um, when I got the drift car and I still have it to this uh, to this day and I just, it's just a great yeah um, piece of kit and then you go to the, the track and you see someone with air jacks and I was like oh <laughs> stop it <laughs> but um, anyway next question is from Alpine F30 is there any actual interesting new cars Teslas and supercars excluded or do you think most of the new stuff is just rehashed versions of cars we've had in the past 10 years so I think we've mentioned the uh, Yaris but all the fast Toyota stuff well, it's probably the, G- the GR86, the new one. The Great 86 yeah. absolutely is yeah. is another uh, example of that. The uh, again the um, Alpine, yep. stuff like that. But um, I don't know what there's, else without going, without going for supercars. There's not a lot. Like no, you know, yeah. manufacturers, everything now is just mass produced and they're doing it as cheap as possible. And platform sharing and all that there, and so much stuff is so similar, especially in the VAG group. Um, 
I do like Honda's approach. I think what they did with FK8, FL5, the new one out with you know the Type R models. That you know, fair enough, it's a mass market platform, but totally redid the interior, totally redid like, every part of the car that can uh, help the performance. And you read reviews now, and they're saying the cars is finally owned as a, a GT3 Porsche. You know, so they may not have uh, totally revolutionised anything there, but I like their approach. They've Hyundai's put time and money in it. Hyundai's end division, yeah. As well, the i twenty and i thirty n. Those things are. Uh, do you see the uh, the end division have uh, what do you call it? Is it Hyundai Iconic? Is it their, their EV? It's the I- Ionic, Ionic N. Yeah. We're not allowed to talk about EVs in this oh, question. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but do you know something? It, it's funny that that's what they're doing to try and make because, as Gary said, there, there's so much platform sharing. There's so many parts sharing. There's so many different bits and pieces. Um, cars development's not being money's not being spent on no. en- uh, petrol engine, engine development no. anymore yeah. they're just so. reusing what they have actually once I sprung the mind there just when we're on this the, the only one that was really interesting and that they kind of released the concept a couple of years ago the new TVR but it never went anywhere mm-hmm. and does that fond the supercar there well, don't know you could say you could say the new M2 but it's well, the looks are horrendous <laughs> and it weighs yeah. a lot and you know and people yeah. say it's fantastic but but the problem is as well, the new M2 inside is the same as the 3 Series, the same as the 4 Series, the 5 Series. It's yeah. the same as them all. And it really is, you know, again, we, we spoke about scaling, it. scaling, isn't it? It's Everything just, is just yeah. part Scale sharing. up or scale down. Yeah. And we've, we've touched on this anyway. In what world is a 520i M Sport before options worth 51 grand? When, when an electric 5 Series equivalent is 116 that's why it's the word's just gone nuts or even worse um oh an xm is worth 160 grand a citroen xm it may as well be because uh bavarian have got one sitting in there right now it's the most powerful car they've ever produced and whatever and i think it's fucking horrendous it's just have you you've seen it obviously oh some of the styling is just awful it, it, it's crazy now inside yes it's class, it's got this really cool roof and it's got everything else, but it's 160 grand. It, 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 it's wow. mental. Maybe I'm getting old, but I still have 100 grand as the kind of barrier in my head of where it used to be, that's in the Ferrari money, Porsche yeah. money. Yep. And from us, market kind of BMW car or Jeep now, no, it's mm-hmm. not. Chris TII asks, what's the best road trips to do in Ireland? And yeah, we missed one there. Uh, oh, did I miss, I miss Jordy Villa, actually? Since I'm a sucker for anything not German, take out the big German brands. What are you driving, Ross? So, for me, and again, we kind of touched on it a wee bit earlier on, it, it really depends on the scenario. Um, for a fun car, and uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I can actually because I think they're fantastic. The GR Yaris is such a hard car to beat. It, I think they look fantastic, um, they go really, really well. I think for point-to-point driving, there's very, very few cars will do what they do in as good a manner, as fun a manner. And it's a 1.33-cylinder that will surprise the shit out of anybody who, who is lucky enough to drive one or be a passenger one even. Um, but then the question is, you know, that, that that's... that's you know, as a GRR, some people might need a bigger car. You know, are we talking about Grand Cruisers? Are we talking about whatever else? I say that I'm a redneck at heart, though. I love pickups and I love Jeeps and I love things. So if I was going for something non-German to take out a big brand, what as I'm driving, I would love uh, like a fully kitted up, tarted up Defender with the roof light on, the, b- the roof bars and the light and the V8 engine humming up and down the road. That's, that's what you'll see me in. Broken down the side of the road, probably. <laughs> what, what, what do I see you in, Gary? 
Well, I think, you know, all of us at the table, we like uh, easy German cars. We've all got one. Oh, two BMWs. Uh, you know, all like German. So no yeah. Germans. But uh, no, I'm just saying, like, we, we all like them okay. But there's plenty of other stuff out there. Um, there's the aforementioned Yaris. There's a couple of other uh, Japanese brands. You know, the GR86 Toyota. There's Nissan GTR, the Honda Type R's. Uh, Ford Mustang. Alfa Romeo, Ooh, Julia, Quadro. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a stack of good cars out there. There's there, Alpine. There's yeah, the Alpine. Yeah, yeah there's there's absolutely uh, uh, loads. Uh, do you know what? And it's maybe an age thing, but Italian stuff, uh, British stuff. You know, um, uh, what, what about new, what about new the Astra? New, what about the new <laughs> the new Astra? <laughs> the new Astra. I, <laughs> but what what about things like? something from Aston Martin what about something from Bentley oh, yeah, or yeah, yeah. you know what I mean you know, that sort of stuff um, I what, what about something Italian and exotic like uh, you haven't put a price limit on this so I'm thinking well, well what about a, f- a 458 oh, you know and uh, naturally one of the last naturally aspirated Ferraris you know yeah. something like uh, and uh, that and, uh, incredible um, so Anyway, there you go. There's a variety of stuff. Back to the question of from Chris TII. What are the best road trips to do in Ireland? Me and a couple of others are planning a road trip to Father Ted's house this summer via the Atlantic Way Coast Road. Um, yeah, we've, we've, what we have in Ireland as uh, the, uh, the all-island is just some of the most breathtaking scenery and, and some of the most notoriously awesome rally stages mm-hmm. as well. You know, yeah. like Malls Gap and you know all these sorts yeah. of places in the world. We have um, the the Coast Road. Um, I I did a great road trip um, a couple of years ago in the Yaris, and we did went to the about an hour south of Cork. Mm-hmm. And you know down that down uh, down Skellig Michael, Michael where the island is where they filmed uh, yeah. Star Wars and all that. You know it's it's just absolutely. Um, breathtaking mm-hmm. yeah uh, down there if, if you can uh, get clear enough roads it, it's it's awesome but yeah the coast so i would say the coast roads do mu- as much of it as as you can i think if you're driving through ireland that's somewhere my my knowledge isn't just as yeah. good you know I, I think i think part of the fun that those guys will have is doing the drive itself you know again because it's not going to be you know, balls out, but there's going to be a bit of back road blasting. They're doing the Atlantic Way Coast Road, and and you know that that is some of the most stunning over by the west of Ireland. Some beautiful roads. We would um, I scuba dive and up around Donegal and that there. Mm-hmm. So up by Malin Head and that there. Like mm-hmm. there's some really nice driving roads up around there. There's some are like, you know, sheep tracks. You know, the the, the yep. tiniest few things, but it's just. Again, that's one of those there drives. It's not about carrying speed. It's about going around a corner and seeing your cliff view and getting you and your mates' cars lined up and getting a couple of photographs of it. And that's what it's all about. In the north here, um, the the road, road any road out of Lorne is good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the Causeway Coast, it, it, it really is hard to bleak. You know, when you're going up Lorne through the tunnels and the, and yeah. the road and that there. It's very <clears throat> you When you had the catering... You take it up those. Roads, I took it up you? those, yeah, yeah, which was unreal, yeah, fantastic. So I think it's going to be really hard to beat. Just before Christmas, there uh, we were away, a bit of a family trip, and we stayed in an Airbnb um, down near Enniskerry, 
and uh, did a drive up through the Wicklow Mountains. Oh. And it's just absolutely yeah. breathtaking up through there. So many trees and things. So nice yeah. bit of country. Um, we've done well at Atlantic Way and Ring of Kerry in recent years. Both were fantastic. And I can only echo what you said, Ken up around Donegal, uh, Atlantic Drive and the bits. Basically, anywhere in Ireland, I think, around the coastline, you're going to get good yeah. drives. Um, middle of Ireland, I'm not too sure. I've tend only to be in those roads to get to the coastline. You know, um, it's probably decent roads, but can't think of any any drives that are memorable. So I'm just I just had a quick Google Maps here. So from you were saying Malin Headway and mm-hmm. or somewhere like that in Donegal mm-hmm. to Conceal, yeah, Cork is just over fifteen hundred miles. So that is a lot of coast road. Now that's going to take you a long time. Yeah, I would say that would be an epic trip, and that's a trip you you can just get in your car and go and do. Mm-hmm. Like I actually. Uh, tr- Trips in Ireland always surprise me, no matter where it is in the north or or the south. Is this is an absolutely beautiful country, mm-hmm. and it's just and it's just it's always breathtaking, always really enjoyable, always really uh, memorable. So, uh, Chris, you're doing the right thing. It's on 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 our doorstep. Uh, all these deaf, all these great places to drive. Um, and do you know what people you ask are the people in the forum who who have done all these things? Yeah. Sven, Sven's been everywhere. He'll know. <laughs> That guy has been everywhere, and he enjoys driving. Yeah, getting the shit out. Like when when you think about the driving that he's done in the Evo Six, which is essentially a stripped out rally car. Yep. Like he's took that on wine runs to the south of France. He's done everything. He, he's yep. he's a maniac. He's well worth having a chat with. Uh, next question is from GPA Evo. Best or favorite resto mod and why, um, Gary? Um, I have two that sprung immediately to mind. Uh, the first, I'll just. A little bit photo here, and we'll stick this in the chat. This was the um, that's the Alpha Holics Alpha, car. yeah, yeah, five hundred eighteen horsepower resto model Alpha Julia GT, one of the early ones. I just think they're absolutely stunning. It's, encapsulates the original shape of the car perfectly, but makes it just that bit chunkier, fatter stance, modern uh, internals. It's obviously EV powered, um, probably very rapid. Although I haven't actually seen interviews of anyone driving one, but I think it's, they look amazing. But it's beautiful looking. Yeah, um, do love the Singer 911s and that kind of thing. It feels like there's loads of resto mod 911s out there at the moment. You know, mm-hmm. are they 60s and 70s Extre- ones? Extreme. Yeah. I tell you something about the resto mod scene, and it's awesome. But take the uh, Tolman who do the 205 GTI yes. resto, but it's a hundred and something gr- oh, about over a hundred grand yeah, for, yeah. A, for a 205 GTI. 130, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is just that you know that's sharp intake of breath. You yeah. know, uh, it makes the i five at one hundred and sixteen grand look um, cheap. So, but again, and this is this is back to my. Uh, if you could do it yourself, if you had bought yourself a GTI, you know, this is where your ten year project. Yeah. You could actually build yourself a Tolman spec GTI mm-hmm. or something like that. If you had a car like from you bought a Miami Blue two five GTI one point nine sixteen valve in two thousand and ten, mm-hmm. and then you spent ten years buying parts for it. Yeah, and then and you were handy. Mm-hmm. And then you could just start building it in your garage and yeah. on all the rest, and that's and that's what I love about some shows. And then someone turns up and says, "Yeah, oh, I've been working yeah. on that for the last one year." Just mm-hmm. like jaw dropping, you know, stuff like that's cool. Don't get me wrong; some of this stuff is absolutely beautiful that these resto mod guys do, and you still have to give them a donor car and all the rest. But it's still a lot of rent, it's a lot it's of rent, a lot yeah. of wage. I have another one up for one here, and this was an interesting one. Um, Ian Callum, probably yeah. the most famous car designer in the world. Mm-hmm. So he's worked with, obviously, Aston Martin, Jagger, Land Rover, loads of other ones. Um, he was heavily involved in the original design for the Aston Martin Vanquish, the first one which came out in 2001. And um, 
a couple of years back, he went back and revisited that because he felt he was never quite happy with the car, the way it was. There were budget constraints and time constraints and so on and so forth. So he did a kind of a soft resto mod on the Vanquish. Mm-hmm. So there's a few exterior touches, a bit of a power upgrade to the engine, uh, and then a lot of touches to the interior. But again, we'll put photos in the uh, the show notes, but you can see it there. Uh, it doesn't look vastly different to the original, but it just... It's different enough that you can you know see where the time went. I think that's the, the beauty about that because it's such a stunning car anyway. Yeah. It, it, they're one of the all-time nicest cars so ever. If, so if you put those pictures side by side with the original, you can actually see the extent of the changes. Uh, it doesn't lose its shape or lose its kind of original appeal, but just looks like it's brought up to date. He's, he's designed some absolutely oh, yeah, bangers. beautiful beautiful cars and the IPS as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Which okay. is a lovely looking car. It, for 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 an EV, it does require the uh, caveat, you know. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so um, the next que- what's our next question? Demurf. The, the what's Demurf asking? He's asking uh, three cars: E ninety N three, E forty six N three, and E thirty six N three Evo. Careful here. You have the daily one, you have the track one, and you have the scrap one. Don't fly too close to the sun, Andy. <laughs> Do you have the daily one, track one, and scrap one. Mm. The E36 M3 is getting scrapped. The E90 is getting dailyed, and the E46 is getting tracked. I agree. I th- that would, that would go, we've, we've answered the internet. With that, Gary, any thoughts? I must have misread this earlier. I could have swore it was an E30, he said. Anyway, regardless. Um, yes, I'll deal with the E90. And controversially here, and Ross is going to probably punch me inside the head, I'm going to scrap the E46. No disrespect, because <laughs> I've had one and I loved it. Short but intake of for breath. track, I'm going to go for the lighter E36. With uh, similar power mm. to the, you know, a little bit down, but still enough that... It would make up for the weight Ross deficit. Ross and I'll be standing at the arm going, oh, look, there's Gary and three, <laughs> three money and I. <laughs> Rusting away. <laughs> uh, no, I would worry about tracking an E46 unless the subframe was it yeah. fixed. That's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> you may find half your car up the track. Yeah, well, look, that subframe issue can be fixed. Yeah. You know, yeah, so... I know, I know. And, uh, but you know what? They're all, uh, they're all great cars, actually. You know, um, E36 M3 for giving it a hard time. It was it had a beezer of oh. an engine and it was light. one, yeah, yeah, the six speed, sure. yeah. So it was um, great. Okay, on to the next question. And I, I did the eyes did. Hang on, well, can we just mention now if Lions is listening, he can not off, off now and go to sleep. <clears throat> oh really? So, yeah. so I did roll my eyes when I started to read this, and by the time I got to the end of it, reading this question, I was like, oh You're my, asleep. oh no, I was like, oh my god, actually there are a few that we might be onto something. Possibly the most boring thing ever to be written. But anyway, Boydy asks, what are your must-dos in a car before I just, as you set off? And, I, and he's in like putting the volume at 20, 25 or 30, well, he's, depending he's, on the song. He's missed Elvis, start it. Temp, t- uh, temperature on an even number. Display as oil temperature on... The, you see, and see the first two bullet points, I was like, right, okay, this is just horrendous. You do this. And then he said, display my oil temperature on the on the display and then change it. To the timer for how long I've been in the car, then monitor my progress to my destination at night, and then I'm like, and then I remembered when I get into the uh, into the C sixty three. If I haven't done it, I have to put the screen on the AMG <coughs> screen with my oil and water temperature. 
This doesn't see him. I'm going to question this bit where he says about the volume must be 20, 25, or 30, depending on the song, and not in between. Is this an OCD thing? If, if he hits 24, is he going to crash the car into hedge or something? No idea. Is, is mm. that linked to his, you know, uh, his map in the car? Like, you know, it's like stage one, two, and three. I don't know. It's, it's actually on the volume control. <laughs> I don't know why it's linked to his fucking balls or something. <laughs> if it goes too loud, it's twinging. Um, I, I, I think people must overthink about things too much. Uh, Temperature, maybe. You know, I like the temperature being even numbers as well for some reason. And I hate the half numbers that BMWs do. And mm-hmm. it's just pointless. But I kind of, I do worry about that there. But when it comes to the rest of it, like resetting clocks and fucking blah, blah, blah. Here, here's my question about the climate control. Why is it wrong in the first place? When you get when I get in, into the Merc, the climate control is exactly how I left it. Yeah. Which should be a fixed number. Absolutely. That's how climate control works. You ever see coming in, into a room, like a climate control room, and they go over to the, the temperature control <laughs> and put it at 28 because they're cold? I'm like, yeah, the room's cold. It's set at 21. Yeah. The ambient temperature of the room's 10. It's going to heat it but up as fast as you can to get to But to me, the climate control is never set because when you get the car every single day, it's a different temperature outside. So if you're cold, you'll turn it up. If you're too hot, you'll turn it down. So it's never going to be constant. Yeah. What? What? I, I leave mine What's in twi- this madness? I leave mine in 22. <laughs> Unless it's cold outside, then I go to maximum yeah. temperature. And then... No! I don't put it down to 26 or 24. No. I put it back to 22. Well, look, I, I, I'm, one of these, I'm one of these weirdos that the the window down. I'm with a time. pair of highs and lows here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you don't do that. The point of climate control is the car does it all for you. i tell you one it thing that, that pisses me off the more than anything else. When my missus is sitting on her side of the car and I'm sitting on my and she's fucking about with the temperature. I know it's Jill's own climate control. She has her temperature on that side. But it fucking pickles my head that when she puts her temperature like 26 or 27 and I'm sitting at 22 and I'm going down to 20, down to 18 to get it cooler. And then, again, BMW's the synchronise, so I synchronise the temperature all the time until she twists the dial and it fucking messes up again and it pickles my head. Mine, mine does that, so I open the window for badness because yeah. she gets the window open. <laughs> And you get a nice draft blown across. Yeah. I can't believe I'm, I'm, I'm with a pair of highs and lows. <laughs> There's there's uh, flipping Gunter and flipping uh, climate control engineering <laughs> in in Germany, tra- spending flipping years of his life working on a climate control system. So as if they set it to twenty one <laughs> degrees, it will perfectly condition the car. They will they will get in. They will never have to set it again. <laughs> what do you mean? There is data data telling me that Gary Riley and Ross Ross Allen have high and low. It's fair fault for the guy who designed the brakes. So don't use them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't do anything else. Like I just get in the car, seatbelt on. I usually put the window down because I like fresh air, even yeah. if it's cold. Uh, the only thing I would do in my car, I have the, the M1 and the M2 button steering wheel programmed. So yeah. my car is very noisy. It starts up for 30 seconds with the baffles. So mm-hmm. I'd put it in the M2, which keeps it down a little bit until I drive off and then I'll stick it in sport mode. What, That's about uh, it. What frustrates me sometimes is I love CarPlay. If mm-hmm. CarPlay is slow, if it's a wireless CarPlay, yeah. it's yeah. slow to connect mm-hmm. and you're waiting for it to connect. And it's like, come on now. Mm-hmm. Come on, or you get into the car and it's just about to connect the car. And it's like, oh, I've left something in the house, and you get out, and, you, and then it's like, right, I'm spending ages for this thing to connect. Mm-hmm. It's one thing the Lotus is actually good for; it seems to connect in a Very quick flash. Yeah. The Mark takes ages. The Jag's not far behind it. Mm-hmm. May ring Gunter. Yeah, no, <laughs> a word. Ring Boydy. <laughs> I'll come and do it for you. Um, yeah. So uh, if someone's wrote here, it's a podcast and Spotify, absolutely those sorts of things. Um, uh, Although I have been, I have, I've had uh, some the smile used to be Radiohead mm-hmm. on hard rotation. I was at, at a gig at, at the weekend there, and I had had that anyway. So uh, uh, I agree. Maybe maybe I'll just get into the car and listen to us on the way up the road. 
just to be completely weird. Why not? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try this volume of 20, 25 and 30 thing just to see if he's a genius and he's onto something. I, I don't even know if my volume has a number. It maybe does have a number. Uh, I've never noticed it. No, mine does. Then the van definitely has a number. Um, That's the speed of what you're thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's... I actually don't know. There's the X5. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if a lot of cars don't have a, yeah. a number. But I, what I do yeah, you like... you a little bar and it goes up and down. Yeah, what I do like... Uh, oh, like in like a, like a late 90s DVD and car entertainment would have the bar as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like a nice knurled knob with a nice... You know, oh, you, you do? do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. when, you, when you twist you it... See, you can see the doctor about that. <laughs> when you twist it up, you know, we, you, you can maybe count up to 30 because you can get a nice... Week. Click, click, click. Yes. Ask your Mercedes for you. Mm-hmm. Well, in fact, the Merc, the Jag... And the Lotus all have a nice knurled knob. Mm. Yeah. Mm. None of this haptic kind of button setup. None of this old haptic no, stuff. is that, and I, I don't like it. Oh, it's, yeah. You keep clicking it, and you feel like you're getting nowhere. Yep. My body would be getting stressed out. That'd be happening 26, 27. <laughs> wouldn't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> but this is Boydie, who, don't forget, has now... What, what was the last thing I was reading about on, on the forum? He's on the Coffee Nerds thread. Have you seen that one? Look, we yeah, we, yeah. we will give Boydie right of reply because oh, oh yeah. because we are not we'll bring him on as a guest and he, he can explain it himself. But yeah, Boydie's measuring the temperature and the size of the grain of his coffee beans as he's grinding them every night. <laughs> so so when he gets as upset over the grain of his coffee beans, uh, I think twenty twenty five or thirty would definitely pick that boy's head. <laughs> well, look, I think we've very much enjoyed uh, your questions and. Gentlemen, I think this will do us for episode 33. Mm-hmm. Remember to like and subscribe and do all those things you're supposed to do. Tell people about the podcast. Um, and thanks for listening. Remember, there's no warranty. This was sold to sing. <laughs>